I will uh, get into the introduction. Matthew 6, 19-21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reminder that uh, you want our hearts. Um, and you don't want our money. You don't want our hobbies. Um, you don't want the distractions of the world to get between you and us. But you do want us to be, uh, to be fruitful, to be active, and to do it all uh, for your glory. So help us, Lord, as we uh, fellowship here today and listen to the words you've imparted on Larry's heart to uh, take that uh, seriously, uh, but to bask in the grace that you provide, the salvation that only you give, and by no, uh, no effort of ours, but uh, all because of your great love and the sacrifice of your Son. And it's in his name, in Jesus' name, that we pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, you probably all got the bio uh, by email, so I won't belabor that, and I'll get back to that. But you probably saw that uh, basically Larry works for an executive recruiting firm. <clears throat> Head on. Um, but he's heard it all. You know? And so here's some examples of stuff he shared with me. He once asked a job candidate, why do you expect such a high salary when you have no experience in the field? Job applicant replied, well, Job's much harder when you don't know what to do. <laughs> Can't make this stuff up. He asked another guy, how long were you in your last position? He answered, I'd say my biggest weakness is my listening skills. <laughs> he asked another one, what's your biggest weakness? She said, I don't know when to quit. You're hired. I quit. <laughs> he was looking for somebody to hire for his own firm. And he explained, in this job, we need someone who's responsible. Well, then I'm your man. In my last job, when everything went wrong, they said I was responsible. <laughs> and last week, one applicant, you know, he asked one applicant, why did you leave your last job? And we're in the system world, right? She said, it was something my boss said. I said, what did he say? You're fired. <laughs> But, you know, Larry has a pretty big job, and he travels extensively as part of that, even in, in this environment. One of the fastest growing firms in both North and South America. Uh, and his reach is really worldwide, um, finding the right people for the right spots. Uh, but he's also got a heart for the Lord, and uh, he was one of the co-founders of Impact Patterson, trying to make a difference there in terms of job placement, training, and uh, uh, blessing that community. He also wrote a book. Hopefully he has a copy of it with him. Uh, Oddly Unjust, and I won't belabor that and steal his thunder. He's been married for 31 years. Secret is, they go dancing twice a week. She goes on Thursdays, she goes on Saturdays. <laughs> uh, but they live in Edgewater. Uh, they have three sons. He's an avid outdoors man, likes to fly fish, golf, ski. Um, and one last joke before we make the transition. Why did the recruiter cross the road? To recruit a chicken. Why recruit a chicken? He knew he would accept 
except the poultry salary. <laughs> but but that, that makes you happy that I don't have any more. And without further ado, Laura. That's great, Andy. Thanks for that. That was, that was good. Um, guys, it's good to be here. Good to see all of you. It's been a while. Uh, we'll be back in person. It's not on Zoom, although those on Zoom, it's good to see you as well. I guess we're doing that today as well. So, asked me a, couple, a while back, would you come in and talk? It, it's always good to hear a business guy speak. And I know you've got some great speakers already. You've got football players, you've got pastors, you've got I mean, really good guys. But I think my view is, as a business guy, trying to figure out how to walk with Christ. So, you know, I'll share a little bit of my journey, my story, some of my learnings along the way. But, um, and I would say, as I walk through this, you know, BCS, NCS has had a big impact on us. I think it's been a great spot for me as a business guy that I've been around people that have been inspirational and that have been kind of, you know, I, I'd say set a path for me. If you go to, you know, even here, you look at the kind of successful business guys here that, that have, had success and given back, and then you go to the national meetings, and you've got, you know, the, the CEO of Hobby Lobby and Greg Brenneman, and just amazing titans that are successful business guys. And, and I'd say for those of you in the room, it's a great spot to be because I think sometimes you know, if you go into church, you don't always get the inspiration that be all you can be in business. I think, and I think in in, in the New Canaan Society, you, you can feel that. I think it's it's something that you can find your way to to please, you know, praise God through that. So. My talk is about how do you be a kingdom-minded business leader and, and use that for God. And um, before we do, and we're talking about business, and Andy shared with me this morning, you know, there's a lot happening in the business world. China just today, I guess, banned Bitcoin, which will be interesting to see what happened. You heard about this week the China real estate crisis where, you know, they were over-leveraged and underwater and... and uh, you know, the real estate companies caused the Dow to drop 800 points at one time. But I'm going to start with a little Bible trivia. And we've got some scholars here, including Jerry, who's a Wheaton guy. And you know, we've got Bob Nagel, a PhD. But does anyone know the most prolific investor of the Old Testament? Many thoughts of who would be considered the most prolific investor? Solomon. Solomon? Now, I'm going to go with Noah. No, and if you think about it, Noah was floating stock when everybody else was underwater. So, <laughs> So that's, that was the most prolific investor. But on that theme, we're going to talk about investing and return a little bit for the kingdom. But does anyone here own Apple stocks? Raise your hand if you own some Apple stock. Okay, that's good. If you don't, talk to our financial advisors. They'll probably get you. If in 2005 you had invested $65,000 in Apple stock, which you know would have been an unreasonable investment, today that $65,000 would be worth ten. dollars million dollars. You would have had a 100x return. So as we kind of transition and talk about, you know, kind of on my talk, we're going to start with the parable of the sower. I'm going to read you from Matthew 13, 1. Um, and this is, again, one of the parables that Jesus told. But that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him. He got into a boat, sat in it. All the people stood on the shore. There he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he scattered the seed, some fell among the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered, because they had no root. 
Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil, where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. Whatever has, whoever has ears, let them hear. So one hundred, sixty, and thirty times was the crop of returns, like the apple stock in 2005, in terms of giving it uh, some, some meaning on that. And I think when you think about the takeaway of the parable, uh, a strong foundation in Christ, we're expected to have a big impact. It's not a 2x impact or a 3x impact. In that parable, it's a 30, a 60, a 100x impact. So um, that's going to kind of be what we talk about. But I'll give a little bit of my story uh, and, and then weave in a little bit how I've tried to uh, return for the kingdom of some of what God's given to me. So my personal story, and Andy got it about 80% right, which is pretty good. I've been married 35 years. That bias a little old. do have three kids. Um, I live now, and then I'm blessed. I live in Utah in the summer and Florida in the winter and here in between, and just enough so the IRS doesn't have me here too many months. So I'm here a couple, three months. So I don't see you guys as much as I'd like to, but um, I'm kind of traveling around and it works for business. Um, you know, from a, a personal standpoint, my faith, I was raised in a very Christian family, accepted the Lord when I was fairly old enough to remember accepting the Lord and always walked in it different chapters of that. So that's a bit of my personal story. The, the business story, and I think some of you have heard this, but I'll just kind of run through it, because I think within it are kind of my thoughts on, on kingdom-mindedness. Um, my, my first business I started out of college was in the lending space. I started a company with a couple partners. It was successful. We took it public 10 years later, and I ended up selling it to American Express after about 15 years. Took some time off. I thought I was going to retire at about 37 and golf every day. Um, that didn't work because I had three kids at home, and my wife didn't think that was a good plan. I thought it was a great plan. It didn't work out. And so chapter two uh, was I started a company about 20 years ago in the recruiting space. And that company, I'll tell you kind of the, the story of that because it's called ZRG Partners. And, uh, and I'd say the first 10 or 12 years, it was okay. Business was fine. It was more of a lifestyle business, uh, maybe 20 people. But something happened around 2013, 2014, and, and we were hitting kind of harder times. I had a business partner, 50-50 partner, that um, decided to take a sabbatical. It was, you know, we were co-running the business, and God had put on my heart that, you know, we were involved in Patterson, that we should give 10% of our profits to fund kind of impact Patterson. And it was like this time, my partner's leaving, he's taking a sabbatical, this is a lot of pressure, you know, I've never really used the business as a platform, but we ended up, and I think, Jerry, you were there, I think, in that meeting, we, we got in front of what was probably 40 people at that time and said, hey, this year, 10% of whatever we make, we're going to put into Patterson, we talked about that, and it's probably the first time I talked in the business side about how there was any connection to faith other than my life, and 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 it was pretty interesting. I mean, from that point forward, things really changed in the business. So uh, you're, you ended up you know, having a pretty good year. We were able to fund a pretty good startup number for, for Impact Patterson. But through that, I, I ended up buying out this partner who, who, who decided that he didn't want to work as hard as I did. Um, and I went out and raised some capital. And it was, you know, at that point, a small company. I brought in some private equity capital. And I'll just give you kind of, you know, Proportions. We, we that year made five hundred thousand dollars and donated fifty thousand in Pat Patterson. That was that was kind of the math. Uh, from that time, the business has grown. Today, we're three hundred people globally. 
We're 130 million in sales. Um, I mean, it, and I'll tell you more about that. So it's really had a had quite a change. Um, and through that, I think God has, you know, He's blessed the business. I think, you know, and again, I don't know why uh, the business has gone well. We've been through two rounds of private equity. We went from an Indian story. We were about when I raised money, about nine million in sales. The first private equity group, it got to about forty million. Sold it again. Brought in a second private equity firm. The last three years was interesting. Um, first year we grew really significantly with the second private equity firm, almost doubled to sixty million. And then COVID hit. And I know COVID's been a tough time. Not a great time to be in the people business when companies are hiring. But it was quite interesting. And, and that year we ended up because we had capital. We decided to play offense. We ended up buying two companies. We bought a business in the sports recruiting space, the entertainment space. We hired extensively. And so what happened this year, we'll actually double our business. That's how we went from 60 million to 130 million. Like, it's crazy. But it's partly because we had capital, we had the right strategy, um, and, and God, I think, has blessed it. And so um, the kind of things we do, just interesting search stuff, and Andy has some good analogies, but you know, we, our sports business, we placed the head of the Pac-12, the head of the ACC, we did the Atlanta Falcons head coach, our entertainment business, we placed the president of CBS News, the recent two co-presidents, CEO of Topgolf, so we do some fun stuff. We placed Bob Nagel as the CEO of a, of a financial service company, actually the second time, Bob, right? Yes, yeah. Sir. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> yeah, replace CEOs, but uh, that's kind of what we do from from a from a work side, and and so that's all interesting. And I'll give you some parallels how God's used me through that. But I was talking to a New Canaan guy recently, and this is kind of the basis of the talk. Don Nava, who a lot of you know, and I'll talk to Don every six or eight weeks, and he'll ask me how I'm doing. And I'll tell him some good stories about success, and then he'll come back and say, "Well, how you doing with God?" And then he asked me a question. His question was. Um, you know, what are three ways a kingdom-minded business leader can have impact? Right? Well, that's a good question, Don. And, and, and so that became kind of something I said, you know, that's a really good question, and I'm going to answer that question. But um, it became the basis of this talk, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that. So here's kind of the, as I think about this journey of mine, which is just a, a business guy, I've stumbled into some success, it's worked out okay, God's blessed me, That that's wonderful. Uh, but when it gets down to God using a business, and I think a lot of you in this room, I mean, you go to work every day, you're in a business setting, you run businesses, like, how, do you, how does God use you? It's easy for God to use you if you're Woody Woodfin or you're Kurt Schwartz, right? Your, your life is dedicated to nonprofit work, to the kingdom work, and, and, and bless you guys. I mean, everybody here who's in the ministry. But for business guys, um, all that success is fun and, and nice to tell stories about, but what's What's God doing? How is God using what you have? And so um, back to the question, how can a kingdom-minded business leader have an impact? So I thought about that, and I'll give three three ways and a bonus way. I think I answered that question, and, and I tried to do that in my life. So the first way, and I think it's, it's love others the way Christ loved us. And I think if you... God's created this upside-down economy. The more you love, the, the more he gives, right? And, and we're called to love. And we're called to love others, brothers in the room, but we're called to love the least of us, right? And, and so, you know, we all know, I think, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? There was two commandments, right? It wasn't don't murder, don't kill, although those were big ones, right? It was, it was love God with all your heart and love 
uh, your brother, right? And, and who's your brother? And he talks about the Good Samaritan. So, you know, loving others. And so I think how do you do that? I think it's investing time in people's lives. I think that's one way. Um, you know, investing in, in terms of um, relationships. And I'll, and I'll give you just in my way how I've been able to take this, this commandment and try to live it. So God put on my heart a couple of years ago that I go to New York, New Canaan on Thursdays when I'm in town as well. I've got an office there, and, and Tom's there. And, and he put on my heart, there's, in New York, there's young people you should mentor. There's people that want your guidance. Go to New York, find it. And so I go, and I try to meet people. Well, I spoke in New York uh, about two years ago, and, and a kid comes up after the talk. It's a, it's a young black guy, 30 years old in a suit, and he's like, and, and I was giving out my book, and he said, yeah, I wrote a book. He's like, well, that's great. He hands me his book. He goes, yeah, I just got out of prison. And I said, oh, okay, well, read my book. Let's talk. But I've been looking for a mentor, and I want to talk to you. And so this kid, uh, his name's Daryl, was a hard, was Victorian of Moorhead, went to Harvard, got a law degree, was a teacher at Columbia. And then one day he heard a knock on the door. They came in and arrested him. And he did some things that weren't great, uh, ended up spending time in prison. A young kid with all this going on. And he was out of prison. And it's like I read his book. And so ended up through that connection. You know, we ended up having breakfast. We ended up having, you know, we started a relationship. I ended up meeting his probation officer because he couldn't see people. And he was working with this Harvard law degree at night in a warehouse. You know, and it's like heartbreaking, right? I mean, this is a story. If you, if you Google his name, Daryl Bennett, he... he he had the most watched Val Victorian speech at Moorhead State that was incredible. But we ended up through the connections. I think a lot of this is NCS related. You know, is uh, I was able to get a, a brother of mine who owns uh, a, a company, uh, Terry Baker, hired him, hired him in a sales role because he's a very persuasive guy. And you know, we tripled his income. He's not working in a warehouse, and we've got this ongoing relationship where I try to check in with him and keep him on path and. You know, and, and, and do that. So if you think about loving others, I mean, I think there's people that need time, relationships. I mean, as you know, some of us get old and see gray hair here. I mean, what, what do I have to give? Maybe it's it's relationship. Maybe it's wisdom. But to me, that's that's a way you think about how you love others is just trying to be there for them. You know, figure out what how you can help them, what God puts on your heart. Um, so I think that's, you know, a part of it. And I think if you're not in a, in a realm where you're doing that, I just found, you know, meet someone for breakfast, meet someone for coffee, find out what's going on, and then see if there's a connection. I think all of us, I think, can have an impact that way. Um, the second one, so love others as Christ loved. Again, lots of ways to do it. We can talk about, you know, the work of, of the nonprofits. We can talk about that. But um, individually, you can do that. The next one is a business, a, a kingdom-minded business leader should be sharing the good news. We should be sharing... Christ's message, right? Now, that's not always easy. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I, I grew up in this Baptist church when at about age 12, they made us go to a park with tracks in our hands and walk up to strangers and talk, talk about God. Now, when you're a young kid and you're in a park and you're walking around, this is not comfortable. I think it probably traumatized me in terms of wanting to share the gospel. It's like, I would not advise that as a, a ministry outreach. Um, you know, but how do you find a way to share to share God. And, and and so a couple things on that front, and I've talked before about this. I mean, you know, I've got personal struggles within my family, my kids on their 
faith following how I believe. And so, you know, what led me to writing this book, and I do have one copy, you can download it. It's called Oddly Unjust. It is the proof of God through the lens of the O.J. Simpson trial, looking at all the facts of that trial and looking at, is God real? Did Jesus exist? Is prophecy real? I'm trying to bring the parallels in a simple English way for people to understand. I wrote this so that after I'm gone, my kids will probably pick it up and read it again. You know, that I've got some argument that lives behind me because they don't always want to listen to their father. Um, but that's one way. Um, work, and I'd say business leaders, it's a tricky thing to share. And I would say if you Google why are Christians dot, 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 anybody have an idea what comes up yeah, on Google? Hypocrites? Yeah. You got it. It's, it's hypocritical, judgmental, and me. And what? Me. That's what I did it last night. So, you know, if you Google, you know, why are Christians so? Well, so there's this impression of Christians, right, that it, hypocritical, judgmental. We're under a microscope. And if you're a leader, you're under a triple microscope. And so, you know, I, I always have this thing if you're saying you're a Christian leader, and you're saying you're a Christian businessman, you better be very, very, very careful about how you live your life. Because now you're on stage. Now people are looking to say, that's hypocritical. He says he cares and he's fired me. He says he cares and I didn't get a I mean, it's hard, right? I mean, it's hard to be a boss. It's hard to be a leader when you're trying to, to live out your faith. And so, you know, how do you do that? A, a couple different ways there. I mean, so during COVID, we had bought a business in London. Um, and about six months in, first month of COVID, the founder of this business ends up getting the coronavirus. He ends up on a ventilator in a coma for six weeks. And this was early on. I think you know, a lot of us have stories since then, but this was early on, very upsetting, personally from a business side, from a personal side. You know, what do you do? And so what we ended up doing, which uh, it was really exciting, is we we opened up a prayer session for it. Now, my company has people of all beliefs. I have people around the world. We have Muslims, atheists, and, you know, it, it, you know, it, it is a, a company that's global with people around the world. So but we opened up a prayer meeting um, to pray for Justin. We had Chip Roper from NCS New York come in and do a little devotional. And then we had five or six of the people in the company that are good Christians pray and pray Jesus prayers. 140 out of 190 people showed up for this, right? So when they heard the gospel, they saw prayer. Now, it, it's, it's cool. The story ends that he came off the ventilator, right, and ended up, you know, he, he recovered, which was a miracle in itself because we are praying for a miracle. And um, I was able to, again, send him a copy of the book afterwards and talk a little bit about faith and how did this change you, and, and we'll see where that takes it. But it's, again, that planting the seed in the parable, right? I don't know if that's going to be the defining moment, but God was able to use that as a way to showcase faith uh, faith beyond just you know what I thought that the country came around that. Um, so I think there's you know, opportunities to share the good news. I think that are great. Um, I think that the next way I think is investing in kingdom work. So business guys, business people, you know, we're we're in this top echelon of income in this country uh, if you look at it statistically. Ministries, churches, nonprofits need money. That's really simple. We have money to give. Let's do it, right? We're blessed. We're not the guys on the front line. I mean, I feel it's really easy 
to support Woody and Kirk because I'm not out there every day with the kids in the basketball camp or sitting there at night on, you know, in, in a camp with inner city kids who are, you know, causing all sorts of ruckus that, that Kurt's trying to harness to try to lead the Lord. That that is hard, hard work to give your life to ministry. So I mean, I just look at that and, and giving financially is is an easy thing to do, and certainly you know we're blessed and, and we're called to do that. Um, but my model. And again, different times in life where I've had more to give, less to give, is is that it's been not just money, but time. Money. If you can if you can find ways to give time to a ministry, and you can give money to a ministry, it's a whole lot more meaningful than just writing a check. And so I've always kind of found different things, you know, with with uh, you know Steve Wolf, the other Steve Wolf, and, and SF. I was on his board for a while, got involved in that. Like I like to find ways to. to Get to know a ministry, get involved in it. That's part of how it led to we'll talk about Impact Patterson. Just it was a personal involvement which led to them giving money. So I'd say if you're in that spot trying to find a lane, I think finding something that resonates that you can give your own time to. It, it, the money part's easy. The time part's probably a lot harder for many of us to find than it is finding money. But it, but it gets to be a whole lot more meaningful. And I think if you think about investing in kingdom work, um, this group has so many gifts passions that could be unlocked. And, and I'll read the second verse, I think, from Romans 12, 6 and 8, around gifts that we have. And, and think about your own gifts in this context. But, you know, from Romans, it, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesizing, then prophesize. If it's serving, serve. If it's teaching, teach. If it's encouraging, give encouragement. If it's giving, to give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So I think some of us kind of feel like, yeah, I don't have, you know, what can I give? Well, there's a lot that you can give right on that list, you know, in terms of where you can serve and which people can use that time to, to serve it. So I think investing in the kingdom um, is, I think, the next one. The, the, the last one, and I, you know, so it's love others as Christ loves, sharing the good news, investing in kingdom work. And then I think the last one, and I think a lot of the group here does this, and I've been inspired by it, but I think the last one is inspire other people to do the same. Right? It's, it's, it's enough you do it yourself, but how do you drag other people along to want to do the same thing that you're doing? Right? And so I think about it that all of us have influence, different levels of influence. How do you spend that influence? Right? How are you impacting other people? How are you getting this multiplication of return? And that's kind of this... You know, back to the investment thesis we started with, the 100x return on Apple and what God calls us to, a 30, 60, 100x return. That's a lot for one person to do, right? But how do you think about you know, maybe achieving that? If, it was, if I was putting my business brain on that, it's leverage, right? It's leveraging, it's getting other people. So that's influence. How do you think about your influence that, that is going to drive other people to have a broader impact? And I think there's some great leaders here in the group that have, been inspirational for me in terms of how they've led their life and, and, and supported a lot of the ministries um, to the success that's, that's been, uh, that, that's certainly been leading for me. <clears throat> the other part of that, and I think all of this stuff requires intentionality, and I think the biggest challenge, and again, I'm speaking as a business guy to people in the business world and the leaders, even our nonprofit leaders, is that, you know, time is the biggest challenge. I mean, for me, it's my biggest challenge. I mean, it's just there's so much to do with work and life and, and, and all those things and family and friends and still get some fun in that time is, is scarce. So you have to be very, very intentional. So none of this stuff happens without 
a lot of intentionality. So I think, you know, I, I go back and say, you know, how are you having an impact for the kingdom? You've got to think about what you're called to do, what you can get involved in, and then prioritizing that in terms of, of, of what you're going to do. So I'll, I'll close with a couple thoughts. And, and I think, you know, as I think about this, and it's certainly challenging, I, I know that when my time's up, I mean, I'm 60. My dad lived to be 91. Um, bless his soul. And he golfed till he's 88, which is my, my aspiration. But you never know when God call, calls me home. I'm ready. I've written my book. And when he wants to, that's great. I'll be, I'll be happy. And I think I'll get to play Augusta up in heaven because I'm not going to get to play it here, I don't think. But I will. Um, but God's not going to care about how I've multiplied my investor returns. And I've done a good job. We've grown companies, investors have made money. That's all wonderful. That's going to be like, you know, not talked about. I'm sure at the pearly gates, it's going to be, what did you do with what I gave you? And how did you multiply in the parable of the sower what I've done for you? And, and that's daunting, right? It's a whole lot easier to do what we're all good at, you know, in, in terms of the work we do. And, and, and yeah, that, that part, you know, to me is, is, is easy. But figuring out how do you have a, a meaningful impact of the kingdom when you're not a minister, you're not a missionary, you're not a nonprofit guy. Because I think, you know, again, you guys, I think, get the front row of the big mansions. You know, I think the rest of us are trying to figure out how to have that impact uh, of what we're doing. And um, so I think when I think about that, you know, I think for all of us, I'd say everybody's at different points in their walk. And I think about my walk with Christ. I mean, there's some here that may be seeking and Trying to find God, and I think what you're going to find is amazing peace. You're going to find blessing. Um, you're going to find, you know, love that, and a peace that passes all that understanding. That's wonderful. Keep seeking, you'll find them. There's other people, I think, in the walk, and I think the second stage is you're just you're just learning and growing closer to God. It's great. I mean, and, and there's growth and there's learning that takes you. But the third part is how are you giving back? What are you doing? And I think for some of us, you know, we're in that stage, and I know a lot of people in the you know, in BCS are at the stage where, you know, they know God and, and they've grown and they've heard, you know, a hundred Tim Keller sermons. And five, I mean, you have it, man. You've got it in your heart. And I feel like, I've, you know, I've read through the Bible five times. I'm listening to podcasts, you know, I, I, but I'm called now to give back, right? And so what am I doing? What, what, what are, what are, and so I challenge you to think about that. And, and as I talked, you know, about this talk with Don Nava, our, our BCS guy, you know, he challenged me. Say, don't make it another talk. Uh, you got a call to action. He says, I hate these talks where someone talks, they walk out and they forget it a week later. What's the action? Um, which is challenging. You know, how do, so I, I throw out two things for the group to, to think about. Um, one, we have a ministry in Patterson um, called, that is uh, an option of Impact Patterson that we have a, a bunch of guys. If you're at Impact, stand up if you've been at Impact Patterson just so we can see who the guys are. If you you're there now or have been over to Patterson and been part of it. Yeah, so you can see the guys. We go over, thanks guys. What we do now in Patterson, we're involved with uh, Crossroads, uh, with Madison Avenue Church. They've got two homes that are guys in transition are there. We go once a month. We share dinner with them. We teach. We're teaching on the fruits of the Spirit. So once or twice a year, a guy will do a talk. And we get to know the guys, but we have a pool of money. We're lending these guys money to get back on their feet, to get their driver's license cleaned up, to get job training, 
the need was not so much they needed jobs, it was get back on their feet. But it's relational. And so this is one of those ministries, and, and you know, the early days of impact was interesting, but I was not very good at raising money, except in business. I was really good at that. I could raise a lot of money there. I couldn't raise the ministry side too well. But this ministry does not require any capital. It's fun. It just needs people with a heart that want to have relationships with guys, right? And they bought a second house with still be eight or ten new guys. Third house, excuse me, third house. And it's a wonderful spot. And so if you have a heart, this is one of the easiest things to get involved in. We do it once a month. Uh, you can come share. You can come be part of it. You can also um, share once a year. Like it's one of these things that in my schedule, uh, in my busy time, I'm able to fit it in and make it work. And, and it's meaningful. So that's one way. Um, the other way, and I'll throw this out, in, if there are business leaders, nonprofit leaders that want to get together on a Zoom call once a month or a meeting once a month just to talk about business life and God, I, I'm willing to help and facilitate a meeting to do that. Um, and again, it may be that I'm in different spots doing that by Zoom, but if there's a need of just you know challenges you face, issues you face around business and, and God, and, you know maybe there's a couple guys that share common concerns, happy to... Uh, to do that. So th those are kind of my um, takeaways that there's some action if we can help with, um, you know, help us in Patterson or if you need some support, I'm willing to help do that. Um, so let's close in prayer and then we'll have some questions for the group that we can uh, run the table. But Lord, thank you for this opportunity to share just how you've been able to find opportunities for me to share the good news, Lord. Continue to find ways that your kingdom can be put first in, in everything that I do and help the men here in the same way to um, continue to grow in their walk with you, to find you if they're seeking you, and then to find meaningful ways to show love of others through um, their actions, Lord. And may this be a, an opportunity for them to think about what's next coming out of this pandemic with their time. Appreciate everybody's efforts at, at New Canaan to arrange these meetings and the organization and, and bless the, the group that does it. I'm going to break out uh, for about 15 minutes and then we reconvene. We have the run of the house. You can be outside, you can be in the other room. Just leave things as you found them. And then on Zoom, you will be uh, you know, parceled out. Read questions. Yeah, so the questions are. Yeah, what? three questions you can think about. One, how are you trying to make an impact for the kingdom of God? Um, and then how can you do more in 2022 with your skills and gifts? And the third one, if that doesn't get you, is you know, which bucket do you find yourself in? Are you, are you finding God? Are you growing in your faith with God? Or are you finding a way to do more? So. Now I have 14 minutes. 14 minutes. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah. So let me throw this out there as sort of a, a challenge uh, in the spirit of Larry and more of an action point. Um, the second question was, so what are we going to do? rest of the year and following year. So I'm going to throw this out there as a challenge, and I'm hoping one guy will, will actually take us up on it. What has God put in your heart as that business guy that has been a challenge for you as far as a time commitment, a work that you feel God wants you to do and you haven't done it, but you're willing to say, I'm going to do it? The rest of this year, next year, I'm going to go do it. What's that sacrifice? What's that one thing that God put on your heart? Mentoring. Just mentoring and being intentional about uh, connecting with you. Okay, so let's take it a step further. 
give us a number of how many guys between now and December of this year you want to pick to mentor. Two. Okay. We don't know their names, but we're going to pray that God leads two guys in your direction that you can mentor that you haven't had a chance to mentor. Anybody else? Okay, we're chasing him for the next January speaker. Thank you again, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Quick commercial.